This is the Morning Sports Desk for Wednesday, March 29th. So, Corey, it turns out we have uh, some waves in the baseball world uh, right here in Wadena. Uh, yeah, so uh, for the second time this season, Wadena Deer Creek alum Jake Dykoff was named the NSIC Pitcher of the Week. Wow. Uh, it was the beginning of the month. He was named Pitcher of the Week. He just earns, it was announced yesterday, his second uh, Pitcher of the Week award from the conference. Of course, Jake, a senior now at the University of Minnesota Crookston. Um, check this out. He pitched a two-hit shutout on Saturday in a 12-0 victory over Concordia St. Paul. Mm-hmm. In that game, he tied the school record for strikeouts in a single game with 14 in his seven innings of work. The record he ties... Is his. Oh. Uh, he is allowed just four runs on 11 hits in his last four starts. Okay. During that stretch, he struck out 39 and walked just eight. Wow. Unbelievable season so far for Jake, a senior, uh, like we mentioned, at Crookston. Just as an aside, somebody draft that guy. He's awesome. I've said this before. I've said it to you. I've said it publicly. Jake is um, the best high school baseball player I've ever seen in my life. I've been I've been lucky enough to have played with a few and been around a few. Um, I played against a guy all growing up who ended up pitching at the University of Minnesota, who was incredible. Guy couldn't hit a lick. Like the, Jake is the best high school baseball player I've ever seen. So it's cool to see it pan off at the collegiate level. Now. What's funny about all of that is his brother, Josh, had the best individual baseball performance I've ever seen in my entire life, right? We talked uh-huh. about it in the section playoffs. He had that, um, he hit for the cycle with that game winning home run uh, in that game. That was a grand slam. Uh, yeah. Josh is a freshman at the University of Minnesota Crookston. Mm-hmm. He batted 412. And when, as his team went four and one against Wayne State or Winona State, I don't know who's WSU would uh, probably Wayne State would be. Well, Winona State is WSU also. Yeah, but, but that's they, like the main acronym. But I is think. Wayne is it Wayne College? Wayne it doesn't State. matter. Wow, that's true. It's, yeah, the, yeah. it's the acronym for winning. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Uh, he went four and one against WSU and CSP, which is St. Paul. Uh, Josh scored seven runs. He added a double. Three home runs and seven RBIs. Uh, he helped the offense score 27 runs in three games against Concordia St. Paul. He was three for three with two runs scored, a home run, and four RBIs in a 10 nothing win over Concordia St. Paul. Josh was named the NSIC Baseball Player of the Week. Is that good? As announced yesterday. <laughs> so not only... Does the University of Minnesota Crookston sweep the NSIC Baseball Awards? Uh, Wadena Deer Creek alums sweep the award. And, oh, by the way, they're brothers. Yeah. How incredible is that? It's a great story. Super cool. So congratulations to those guys, to Jake and Josh both and the Dykoff clan and everybody who uh, is following Crookston Baseball uh, very, very closely and those boys. It's pretty... It's pretty incredible. Pretty darn incredible. All right, that's all. Not too much else to say after that. Just great job. Something that... uh, Way to go. Way to go. Hashtag way to go. You did it.
so speaking of uh, important games happening, uh, the Wolves and the Wild both play tonight, yep. and they both play some pretty important uh, uh, games. Yes. So the Minnesota Wild are, t- are now in first place in the Central Division. The team directly behind them is the Colorado Avalanche, who have 94 points. The Wild have 95 points, and they're playing tonight at Ball Arena. It's nationally televised, a 9 o'clock puck drop on TNT. TNT. It's going to be dynamite tonight. It Uh, sure is. And then also at 9 o'clock, because apparently we can't sleep over here, uh, the Timberwolves are playing the Phoenix Suns, and the Wolves are just a couple games behind them in the Western Conference standings. Uh, The Wolves fell back down to 7th because Golden State won last night against uh, New Orleans, but... If the Wolves win, that could thrust them back up into uh, into the stratosphere. The Wolves have six games left to go, Corey. And, I mean, their opponents outside of this game against Phoenix aren't going to be particularly tough, or at least should be games that, I think, honestly, if, even if the Wolves don't win tonight in Phoenix, I think the remaining five games, they should be expected to win all of them. I think so. Like like Vegas odds kind of a yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think 100%. Even just on a gut level, like if I say, hey, Corey, the Wolves are playing the Nets tonight, who's going to win? Just on a gut level. I mean, I would pick, I would probably pick the Wolves. Yeah. But I'm a homer. Yeah. If the, if, I'm a homer who feels good about where that team is right now. <laughs> I, well, and you've notably been very uh, drinking the Wolves Kool-Aid all season long. So, oh, yeah, uh, you know me. You know me, lover of the Gobert trade. You know me, I buy into everything. Every single thing. Uh, but it's, you know what, I'm also, uh, they're playing They're playing really good basketball right now. They're deserving and the even, credit they're getting. Even if offensively they're weird, because they are, they've been weird. Defensively, they, they're real. The Northern Heights? They're, they are real on Jaden McDaniels. Anthony Edwards on ball defense. The stifle tower. They have Gobert behind what's what that allows is you can take more chances on ball mm-hmm. because you know Gobert is going to be back there to help help you out and maybe even bail you out. They're they're real on defense. It's amazing how uh Tim Connolly so that's the thing on Twitter. Tim Connolly, of course, the guy who made the trade and everybody said, Whoa, that was a big overpay for Gobert and a pre- and it was. It, it was. was. But uh, now it's funny because now that the Wolves are winning, all of a sudden everybody just is posting uh, memes of like, huh, he might be cooking something after all. It's like a picture of Gordon Ramsay sitting there. It's like, might be cooking something after all. Yeah, I don't know about now that, that yet. Now that he's got Tim Conley in the mix. I'm not saying it, but it's just funny how the Twitter... They're battling for a spot. Yeah, I mean, you're the, right. It's to have that... I think... Um, I, here's the thing I wish You can start to kind of see media. what they were getting with this trade. Well... I th- I th- the thing about social media is you can't be in the middle. You have to be like you got to be, be all in or all out on everything all the time. And why can't it be in the middle? I've been I think I've been pretty consistent in how I feel about that trade. I still feel that way, but that doesn't mean they're playing bad right now. Right. It doesn't mean they're <laughs> a bad team. Right. Nobody ever accused the Wolves of being a bad team coming into the season. Everyone's like, how is this going to translate? Most into- people assumed it was going to be a good team. Yeah. They're battling to make a play-in. Yeah. It's a weird Western <laughs> Conference this it's year. It's very weird. Uh, props to all the people who took the under on the Wolves' win total. Because what was their Vegas win total to start the year? I don't know, but I had somebody tell me that they thought they could win 65 games. <sighs> he, he meant it. 
I like to remind him of that about once a week. I mean, at best, the Wolves are going to get to 45. I was like, you know that would have been the best record in the league last year, right? You're aware of that? (laughs) You're aware that that would have been more wins than Phoenix had? You understand that, right? (laughs) Wasn't it like 50? Was it around like the 48 win mark? I feel like 49 and a half was the number. Yeah. uh, Props to everyone who took the under. Anyway, uh, so... The Wild, of course, also play tonight. They play the Avs, and nice little rivalry there. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I hate them. Yeah, all of them. Boo, call every every single one of them. Every single one of them. Personally and professionally. Yeah. Except not personally. I don't really care. Yeah. Who's your biggest biggest, uh, sports hate? Sports hate? Probably got to be Green Bay, right? I'm, no, I'm asking you. That's what, no, that's what I'm saying. It's probably got to be Green I Bay. I don't know. You can't ask me. I'm asking you. I'm saying it's probably Green Bay. <laughs> yeah, that's – is it um, – It's now like how do you feel? default. So I think, I think I agree with that, but also, interestingly, you're like a baseball guy. Yeah. So it's not the Yankees? I mean, yeah, the Yankees are a thing, but it's – I mean – It's not really a rivalry. It's not it? really a rivalry, no, because the Yankees don't care about the Twins. They're the little brother. Also, they shellac the twins. Exactly. So why, why, like, there's no, it's just like, oh, great. It's the, it's the nerd around the corner who, like, we shove in the lockers and the nerd's like, I'm going to get you this time. And then he ends up with a wedgie in the locker. All right. Who do, who do you sports hate more? Let's stick with baseball. The Yankees or the White Sox? See, that's a tough one. Here's the thing. I've grown, the White Sox have been so bad. And I know they made the playoffs a couple times in the last few years, but generally they've been so bad for so long. They went from 2008 all the way till 2020 before making the playoffs. There was a lot of ineptitude in that last decade where early in my baseball fandom, it was for sure the White Sox hated those guys, Ozzie Guillen, Paul Canerco, everybody on that team. But The answer to me is the White Sox. They're a division. I don't... I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't like to see the White Sox succeed, but... But if there's got to be a team, it probably is the White Sox in the AL Central. If you're going like teams to dislike, it's Chicago, it's Cleveland, it's Detroit, and Kansas City you're just kind of like meh about. Kansas City is the Detroit Lions of Major League Baseball, for my fandom anyway. At least Kansas City's won a World Series though in the last 10 years. I know, it drives me bananas. And they won it in the weirdest way possible. That all of the other teams in the division have shown some unbelievable success. And the Royals popped up for two years and left. And the... My beloved Minnesota Twins. They're the la- Gosh dang it. Every other team in the last 10 years, by the way, Corey, has made the World Series in the AL Central but the Twins. I know. Tigers in 2012. I know. Uh, the Gardos when they were the Indians in 2016. Yep. The uh, Royals in 2014 and 15. Yep. And the Chicago White Sox in 2005, which I guess now yep. is 20 years. But Don't forget about the Twins in 1991. Yeah, that's only 32 years ago. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Well, don't worry. We'll always hang on to that. So anyway, um, so, yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. I think it's probably the Packers. <laughs> any Okay, well, <laughs> it's got to be the Packers. It's like a default. Like, I don't know. I just generally dislike them. Uh, anyway. So there were some interesting comments made by the Twins starter, Sonny Gray, that, of course, is really making the rounds over the course of uh, the last few days. Yeah. And it's been uh, Sonny Gray had something to say after his final start in spring training. So he was all done. Uh, His last start, the media wants to come talk to him. And what they do is they, you know, they uh, there was a point of emphasis of guys pitching longer, starters doing more things. And so Sonny Gray, and I want to find the right uh, 
the right quote because it's from Phil Miller of the Star Tribune and what his uh, what Gray's comments were uh, is he said, quote, I don't think we're interested in going four innings and being happy. I feel like we had a group last year that was pretty content with going four innings and going four innings and five innings is considered a good start. I disagreed with that then. I disagree with that now, but I feel just like the guys that we have aren't content with it either, which is what you want, especially as a rotation. You want to build off each other. You don't want to go out there and throw four innings and walk away happy about it, which I then posted on Twitter the gif of like uh, all the teachers throwing Cartman under the bus in South Park, like literally just pushing him underneath a bus because that was him to Archer and Bundy. Well, I was going to say, does that read to you as um, is he throwing like management under the bus with that comment or is he throwing teammates under the bus with that comment because he had some bad teammates last year in that starting rotation there was a follow-up question they're like was that in the starting room or was that in the like was that inside or outside the rotation and he said a little bit of both sure and so which case you get all like the more traditional fans like yeah take that rockhead yeah you know gotta uh, and then there's a uh, another part of it that's like he just also played on a bad rotation. The thing with Sonny Gray last year is he was also hurt. He landed on the IL a few different times with some hamstring issues, with a pec issue. Uh, but Sonny Gray definitely he felt like he had, because he mentioned this like halfway through last season. He's like, I want to pitch deeper in games. Mm-hmm. And the Twins are like, man, this you've already been on the IL twice. So, and, oh, sorry, yeah, go no, ahead. No, no, no I, I, that's pretty much, I think that's the point with Sonny Gray. But in general, I think people made a point about the Twins' lack of starting rotation uh bulk like the innings that they ate and I agree like I said it last year like you got to let them pitch a little bit longer but at the same time with the twins uh their rotation when it came to facing teams a third time through the order which would be about the fourth or fifth inning the third time through the order uh the twins had an OPS so on base plus slugging of 825 the league average is 770 so they're like 50 points higher than than normal uh, and th- basically their pitchers were bad. So the hope is now is this year that they're not going to do that. The Twins tried to get cute, it bit them in the butt, and now they got more starting pitching, and now it's going to help them out. Like that That's pretty much it. I think the Twins tried to get cute with the starting rotation. They tried to uh, uh, say, like, well, if we have guys who can't pitch that long, why don't we just uh, only throw them four innings? And in which case the Twins' bullpen wasn't good, and... Even Duran and Thielbar and some of your good pitchers, you couldn't use them every night, especially for multiple innings, and that's what led them to kind of spiral out of control outside of everybody being hurt. Because I think if we're if the Twins were honest, they did not want Archer and Bundy on their starting rotation, even by the All-Star break. Maybe they would designate him for assignment and cut, cut him, or they would move him into the bullpen or just send him down or not deal with him, but... The fact that those two had to be on the team uh, is more of an indictment on just, one, the team's lack of depth because the pitching prospects that they expected to come up didn't produce or either got hurt. Jordan Belazovic, the Twins' top pitching prospect last year, had an ERA of 8 in the minor leagues, which is just atrocious. And then Bailey Ober, who was somebody they expected a lot of starts from, couldn't stay healthy. So a little bit of that, the Twins did not set themselves up with a good bullpen. Their idea of only going four innings and only having guys throw one inning at a time, just you're going to wear guys down, and that's eventually 
what they did. And then that's why the Twins had this overreaction to go out and get Pablo Lopez and have Tyler Malley and keep Kenta Maeda around. And now you have a rotation where Bailey Ober should be with the big league club, but he's going to start the year in St. Paul. Louis Varland could have made the case to be with the big league club. He's going to start the year in St. Paul. And so I think with this Twins team, it's just going to be different. Uh, you're going to see a lot of comments about how I hope Rocco listened uh, they are, and they're going to do things differently. And if they don't, then I will come with you and we will rip Rocco Baldelli and the Minnesota Twins. But I'm saying right now, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say that they learned from last year that that philosophy doesn't work. I don't think there's a lot of people who are saying that's going to cause some kind of rift or something like that. I don't think it does. Sonny Gray's a vet. Sonny Gray's also a bit of a weirdo. It's, it's going to be just fine, especially if the team wins, which Sonny Gray looked pretty good in spring training. Doesn't mean much, but... I think the Twins are going to be all right. I think the starting rotation will let us know bona fide ace is going to be really good, or at least they're going to give the Twins a chance to win every single night. Might not shut down a lineup, but will at least keep the Twins in the ballgame, and that's uh, honestly really just all they need. This has been the Morning Sports Desk for Wednesday, March 29th.